This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Um, we're talking small groups. How many here has ever been in a small group? All right. Man, a lot of hands. I love that. I love that. So we're going to talk about small groups tonight, but not just small groups, but we're going to talk about uh, maybe you becoming a leader, a host of a small group. Oh, you can do it because you're awesome. You're, turn to your neighbor and say, you're awesome. Let me give you a couple of scriptures really quickly. Let me give you a couple of scriptures really quickly. This is the blueprint. This is the blueprint of the early church. This is like the original copy. This is not the copy of the copy of the copy. You know when you copy something over and over, it kind of gets faded every time you copy it. The copy of the copy of the copy. This is the original. This is the church. Watch what it says in Acts 2 and 42. Acts 2, 42 through 47. We're going to throw this up on the screen for you. And it says, all the believers. Everybody say, all the believers. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Whoa, I love that. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. There's a lot of great ships that you need to be in. One is, one is membership. One is fellowship. One is bishop. One is relationship. There's a lot of ships, but a really important one is fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. So they're in fellowship. They're, they're, in the, they're, they're sticking with the apostles' teaching. They're in fellowship. They're sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them. Remember when you first came into church and you were like, awe. Do you remember that day? I think we should keep the awe. You got, you got to keep the awe. We, got keep, we won't talk about that tonight, but keeping the awe come over all of them. The apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money and, and those uh, that were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper. So, so people say, well, they, they sold their home and, and they, 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 they no longer had homes and they were vagabonds. No, they, they sold the excess homes. They sold excess property because they still met in homes. Someone still owned a home. So they kept meeting together. They were meeting in the temple courts. They were meeting out in public. They were having general teaching and worship. They would meet in homes. They were devoted to one another, sharing, eating together, having nachos, Coca-Cola, decaf coffee, regular coffee, tailor-made coffee with half and half. Come on, somebody. They were, they were connecting. They were sharing. They were caring. Amen. Meals with great joy. They shared their meals with great joy because when you eat together, amen, you have great joy together. Don't you love how the Bible is full of food? Is there anybody else who loves food and loves how the Bible loves food? Like the marriage supper of the lamb. Aren't you excited about that? Big old meal in heaven. Big buffet style. All right. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So here's what happened. They created good deeds, these good deeds of fellowship and loving and honoring one another, created goodwill in the community, goodwill among each other, and it opened the door for the good news to be spread in the community, first in Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. This is a blueprint, and the blueprint of the church is the church. The church continually grew bigger, but it also grew smaller. That 
you, what, what Jesus set up at the very beginning was this, this big idea. You cannot be a follower of Jesus by yourself. The first thing Jesus does when he starts ministering is he sets up a small group. He gets a small group of men that will walk with him, follow him. He will teach and impart to them. The first thing he does is he sets up a small group because you cannot do this on your own. You cannot have communion on your own. You know communion when we remember the Lord's body and the bread, we remember his body, his blood, that whole thing. You can't do that alone. It's supposed to be done with the church. Okay? Baptize. You, you don't baptize yourself. Okay, you do it publicly, you do it openly, you do it with your family and your church family, and you say, I believe in Jesus. Why? Because that's how God designed it. Because you're not just being baptized into the kingdom, you're being baptized into a family. Amen. And you don't get to choose your family. Amen. God chooses your family. And I think we got a pretty good family right here, don't you? Yeah. So we can't do this by ourselves. You cannot do it by yourself. Turn your neighbor and say, you can't do it by yourself. If you're going to grow spiritually, you have to connect relationally. If you're going to grow spiritually, it's done in the crucible of relationships and friendships and community that's serving together, that's sharing together, that's learning together. And, and I know you're, it's like hitting the same bell over and over. We're just hitting that symbol over and over. And I get it. And we're going to do that all night for the next Three and a half hours. No, 30 minutes. We're going to do it for the next 30 minutes. But here's what I want you to know is that the next place that God wants to take you may not be a place. It may be an environment, a community. And in that community may be the next level of your spiritual breakthrough. It could happen, not in a big setting, not in a general setting, but in a small group setting. So I have uh, two friends uh, family of the Promise Center, uh, Eric and Jennifer, they're going to come up and just tell you a little bit about community. Everybody say community. community. One more time big, say community. Let's give them a big Promise Center welcome. Eric and Jennifer, they're going to talk to us about community. Testing, testing, one, two, three. I have my own mic. Well, I have two mics. <laughs> trade back and forth just like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My name is, is this working? Yeah. My name is Eric Birkenes, <coughs> and uh, I just want to say I'm an ordinary guy. I'm a plumbing contractor here in town. <laughs> Yay. Everybody needs plumbing. Um, I'm Jennifer, and part of why we're introducing ourselves this way is just to demonstrate you don't have to be you know, anything extra, extra special to participate in leading or helping facilitate a small group. I am a stay-home mom. I have four kids. We homeschool. I help run a business. I am happy if I shower twice a week. <laughs> so that's my every day. <laughs> that's right. Just keeping it real. All right. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, can I have anyone here today who's 21, 22 years old, somewhere in that range, stand up, please? Or at least raise your hand. <coughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody close 20s? to 21? 20. Anybody 20s? stand up? Stand up. Okay. 20s, 20s, so, 20s. 
The reason I'm doing this here, guys, is look at these. Look at these people. Look at these babies. This is faces. what we looked like when we started small groups. <laughs> All right? Right. <laughs> right there. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> so our first small group, we were 21. We weren't married yet. We were yes. engaged to be married, starting a couples group. That's kind of funky. Well, there were no young couples. It was just us. And so we were like, hey, let's start a young couples group because we don't want to be the only young couple. <laughs> so we prayed that God would bring young couples. And he brought two whole young couples. <laughs> and we had a small group. Yeah. <laughs> and on our within the one. first two meetings, one of those couples was leaving Moved town. Away. So we're like, do we really have a group? <laughs> so we prayed about it, and at the going away party, we got three new young couples to our group. <laughs> so that group was arguably one of our best groups ever, and it's still impacting us today, 25 years later. The fruit of that group is, uh, well, <laughs> we, just, we just had dinner um, last Sunday with uh, one of the couples, and our kids are still friends with each other, and it's powerful that they're still impacting each other. Um, that first small group became five groups. It was about 60 people. Um, we had no clue what we were doing at 21 years old. <laughs> uh, we all ended up having kids at the same time. Our kids are still friends today. We all went camping together. We were uh, challenged to go deep to God together, deep with God together. Um, studying prayer books that really challenged us. And we we're like, is that really real? What he's talking about, is that real? Let's dig into it together. We end up going to prophetic prayer conferences up in Oregon several years in a row, chasing, is that really real? Um, some of us served in Hurricane Katrina relief together. Um, just powerful things, um, exploring, just serving and doing together. So all of that to say, again, we were young. We didn't know what we were doing. We literally opened the doors, strummed on a guitar, and asked the Lord to show up and do stuff. And he did. And we would open the word and pray and study and challenge each other. We had a very challenging group. One of the couples in our group, um, newly or married, found out she was pregnant, and then found out he had a brain tumor. And so our group... Um, not really knowing what we were doing. Like we said, we were reading books, but it wasn't our church's, uh, we weren't in the charismatic stream. We didn't have a background of that, but hey, God says he heals in the word, so we're going to pray for healing. And we pulled the group together, so by that point, we were at about 60, and we had massive just worship and prayer sessions. He went in for his surgery, and the doctors had told his wife that if he survived, he would most likely be paralyzed. They were going to have to cut his brain in half and carve on his brain stem to get this tumor out. And the damage was going to be substantial. They did the surgery. They got him out. He was awake and speaking before they even thought he'd be conscious. And he was back in his medical office working before he was supposed to be out of the hospital. So God is awesome. So that's just an example. We could go on. Obviously, mm. we've done groups now for 25 years. Yes, you can do the math and figure out how old we are. <laughs> um, we've had some awesome ones like that. We've had some that 
you sit around and talk about awkward silence, you're just like, man, when does this end? Can we go <laughs> home? Not every group is fantastic, and yet every group we can look back and see where God was at work and relationships were built, and good things happened. God is always at work in community, and we can come here on a Sunday or even a Wednesday night and receive inspiration, and that's wonderful. But it's in that nitty-gritty, face-to-face, small group place where real life happens and where growth happens and where accountability happens and where you put your crap on the floor and somebody else helps you clean it up. <laughs> That's the only place that that can happen. Yeah. So. so the guy who got healed of the brain tumor ends up getting a healing gift and um, prays over me. I had ADD. And I was taking ADD meds. And he goes, no, you don't have ADD. God's saying you don't have it. And I'm like, well, the meds help me. He goes, no, let's pray for you. He prays for me. My next dose of meds, I feel the jitters from it. I start backing down. I don't have to take them anymore. And it was amazing. That was right before a trip to India. And there in India, I received an impartation for healing as well. And it's... It's just, it felt to me like he was healed and received a gift of healing. He then prayed for me. I was healed and received a gift of healing. There's stuff shared in spiritual, supernatural ways in a small group as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, and then, you know, this, we got to come here. We absolutely loved getting to meet people here. And we did a small group this last round. And that was new for us, actually, to do it in that format, to have just the short, short-term kind of format. It was a little bit outside of our box, but we were going to do what you guys do and jumped in and did it, and it was really fun. We got to see, even in that, um, one of the young ladies that came, she only made it to one meeting and then found out that she had a tumor in her gut. She ended up in the hospital, and it was just so much fun to see, even in that just one connection, though, we got to be Eric got to go with her to the hospital and pray for her. We got to help her once she got out, drive her to medical appointments. We got to see people in the group. How is she doing? And keep praying for her. There was connection made, even in just that one little moment. Yeah. And and you, yes, you wanted to share he, yours too. Yeah, and I just want to bless Carl He's right sitting here. right here. He was in our first small group here. And um, it's just neat. You know, you, you just get to know people. In a big church where you're walking in and out, there's three services, you get to know people. And I got to know Carl. And weeks after our, our, our uh, small group, Carl called me with a word that God gave him for me out of a devotional he was reading. He goes, you know, I never do this. I never do this. But here I feel like God gave this to me for you. Within the same hour, another guy from another church called me with almost the same exact word. And, but Carl got to speak into my life from the Lord, and it was a key point in my life and transition recently. So thank you, Carl. (laughs) So all of that is just a word of encouragement that what what Promise Center has here is a beautiful setup, actually, for you to succeed, that you don't have to be a superstar. (laughs) You can say, yeah, I can open my home and and pop a DVD in, and we'll, we'll We'll see how it goes. And the really, to me, the key is that you are saying, Holy Spirit, please be here because I can't do this without you. And he will, and he is, and awesome, awesome, awesome things happen. And one of the things I've seen over the years, so I would like just to ask a question. 
How many of you in here have, would be able to honestly say you have been broken in your life in some way, in some area? Okay, look at you're all in such good company. Isn't that awesome? How many of you would say in at least one of those areas you could absolutely give God the glory for healing you in that area? Okay, guess what? That is an area that you are now authorized and effective to help minister to somebody else. Where you've been healed, you can now help. So at you all at least at one point have a place where you can engage with at least one other person and be a minister to them. That's all this is. It's that simple. I got one question. How many here, by a show of hands, get excited when you see somebody's life impacted and changed for the Lord? All right. How many of you want to be a part of seeing other people grow? Right there, that's evidence of a pastoring gift. You a care heart, about people. A heart of a pastor. A heart of pastoring. You want to see other people step closer and grow closer to the Lord. And so right there, you're not the pastor of a church, but you have a pastoring gift to assist and let God be a partner with God in other people's lives. So when it's time to sign up, you all just raise your hand, so now you're kind of like stuck. <laughs> you said you could. Thank you, everybody. Well, thank you, guys. So let me just tell you the key to being an amazing small group host. Fat. F-A-T. Faithful, available, teachable. Come on, somebody. Turn your neighbor. No, don't tell. No, never mind. Don't tell your neighbor they're fat. Just you're faithful, you're available, you're teachable. All right. Here's, here's the big misconception. The big misconception is this, is that to do something extraordinary, I have to be extraordinary. And here's what the truth is in the Bible. It, it, it really teaches us that it was ordinary people that did extraordinary things for God. And, and so the cool thing is this, is that we see this huge opportunity where the church can be in community together. We start, we're starting this semester March 1st. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be signing people up. And you have an opportunity to, one, open your home and be a small group host. And all you have to do is push a DVD in, watch a 20-minute DVD, and then facilitate three, four questions. Maybe do a little icebreaker. It's all just step-by-step and then have some cookies, have some coffee, and say goodbye, all right? Now, you do that eight weeks, and I promise you, not only will the people who you do that with will be changed, you yourself will be changed forever, amen? Susanna, am I telling the truth? Now, this lady right here, she literally has been in our church for about a year now. Is that about right? In the fall, she said, I'm going to be, would you stand real quick? Susanna says, I think I'll be a small group host. And, and, and this little lady right here, I think she had like a handful of people sign up. It wasn't a, a, a group of 20 or 30 or 40. But not only did it change the people. I got rave reviews. It was amazing. It was so special. But it changed her. It changed her walk with God. It got her roots deeper. And it caused her to lean into God more and more. And so the beautiful thing about being a small group host is this, is it, it, it calls us to commitment. Thank you very much. Here, here's what I want to share with you. You cannot help everyone. But if you don't help someone, you will end up helping no one. 
Is that right? We cannot help everyone. We get that. But if I don't help someone, I'll end up helping no one. A small group can be anywhere with anyone, but it has to be somewhere with someone. All right? So here's the bottom line. All you need is this curriculum, and we're going to provide this curriculum across the board. And if you want to have a public group that we put on our menu, we put on our website, and, we, and, and you want to have people over to your home or meet at a Starbucks or meet here in one of our classrooms, you can do that and let us know that tonight. If you want to take the curriculum and, and share it with your family, maybe some friends, it's more private, it's not open to everybody, but you still want to step into the role of facilitating some questions, you can do that. In fact, I have a great question. We're going to put it up on the board. We're going to put it up on the board. No, no, there's a, there's a question, Blair. Put it right there. Okay. Now, I want you guys to read along with me. Here we go. Run. One, two, three. How has your view of God changed during the different seasons of your life? Now, that's one of the, the questions in lesson one. That's just a question that you ask. All you do is read it, and then you discuss it. And right there, that one little question, that one little question can open up so many avenues of discussion. It can open up so many wonders. And for the people who don't have a re relationship with God yet, it begins to open up their mind, open up their heart to hear the stories and the testimonies of the people in that group. What I'm telling you is this, is being a host is not about being a perfect person who's got it all together. And, you know, you don't even have to take showers is what we understand now. You, <laughs> I, it, two showers is enough and you could be an amazing host. But what is required is a willingness, a willingness to step up, step out, and do something. The story of the Good Samaritan, how many know the story of the Good Samaritan? Know the story of the Good Samaritan? The story is this, a man from Jerusalem is, is going down to Jericho. He's, he's leaving Jerusalem. He's heading down. He falls among thieves. He's on the side of the road, like, doing one of these things, okay? A priest walks by looks at him, and then goes around. A Levite comes by, sees him, but goes around the other side. But then a Samaritan. And the Jewish people did not like Samaritans. There was this great ambivalence between the Jews and the Samaritans in this day. And Jesus tells this story. He says, a Samaritan stooped down, lifts this man up after he cleanses his wounds with oil and with the wine, puts him on his own donkey and takes him to an inn and covers the cost. He inconvenienced himself to help somebody else, to help the one, to help one person. He was it an inconvenience? Yes. Did it cost him? Yes. And here's two things I want to share with you. Number one, it will always cost you to obey God, but it will cost you more not to obey him. It will cost you to obey him, but it will cost you more not to obey him. The other thing is this, is he could have looked away. He could have done like the priest and the Levite who... Their righteousness was not expressed. It was inward righteousness. It was, it was righteousness that was projected inwardly. It wasn't projected outwardly. It was one of self-reflection of how good I've done measuring up to certain rules and laws. And therefore, they felt justified to just walk on by because they could do that. But a man who probably didn't understand good theology, probably 
didn't have it all together, just a, a, a journey or just somebody going down the road, sees someone in need and has the heart instead of looking away because it's easier to look away. It's easier to think someone else, somewhere else will do it. Somebody else has this. Come on, we need small group hosts. Somebody else will do it. We, come on, we need someone to open their home. Somebody else has got that. Somebody real spiritual. Somebody real, somebody who just, who just has been in church their whole life and just served God and has it, never made any mistakes. Those people don't exist. That's why I'm a pastor, because those people don't exist. God says, is there any perfect people? No. Okay, we'll get Chad then. Come on. Come on up here and pastor. Okay? Those people don't exist. And if you're looking and you're saying someone else, somewhere else, then we become guilty of this parable that Jesus spoke. In fact, I want to just uh, read Luke 9, 57 through 62 really quickly. It says this, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There's a cost. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, um, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as far as you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, but Lord... Uh, let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, is this, is this Jesus just being insensitive? This is what this is telling us. There are a million excuses. And there are a million good excuses. You have a good excuse to not do it. In fact, you could come up to me and, and probably tell me why you can't be a small group host. And, like, I'll have tears streaming down my face. <laughs> like, give you a dollar. You know I mean? You... We, we all have reasons why we cannot do it. Can I, can I just tell you, you have one of the greatest opportunities to do something that even the generation before didn't have the tools and equipment to do. Like how many here knows how to push play on a DVD player? I should reverse that question. Does anybody know, does, you don't know how to push play on a DVD player? Does anybody know how to just, you can read a couple questions and bake some cookies or buy cookies at, at, at Safeway or, no, no, better yet, Food Max or Lucky's and use your little card to get the, yeah, there we go. There you go, yeah, commercial. Um, make some coffee, orange, whatever it is, whatever it is. little food and a little time, a little effort. And you make a big difference. Can, can you imagine pushing play, reading some questions, putting some cookies out? Just a little bit of time, a little bit of effort can make a big difference. Think about that. You know, big differences are made by little things. It's the little things. It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the little thought. It's the little card. It's the little phone call. It's the little text. It's the little things that have always made big differences. So... Maybe you're one who has a heart for those who are unchurched, and you've got a bunch of friends that are unchurched, and, and you have a place where you can put a DVD in and read some questions and then have pizza. Maybe you're here and you go, you know what, I don't know a lot of people, but my home is open, and I'd love to, to share and get to know people. Perfect candidate to be a host. Um, maybe you're here and you're just like, you know, and, and here's what happens. A lot of our excuses are really the reasons why we need to be teaching. Have you noticed that? Well, I don't know enough about, of the Bible. <laughs> That's why you need to be teaching. That's why you need to be doing a small group. Well, you know, I'm not a big people person. I don't know a lot of people. <laughs> That's why you need to be hosting. So our excuses are really the reason that we need 
to step into this. Now, I, I, again, I'm taking a whole night to, to share this with you. And again, I get the Warriors are on, and I hope you have saved that and, and you've recorded it because it's going to happen, and you're praying it's going to happen, beat all the records. But you know what record I'd rather beat? I, I'd, I'd rather beat this record. Hell is on a rampage. The devil doesn't give up. And the church has to step up in this age to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. That's the record that I want to see beat. Amen. So here's what you have to do. It's very simple. You have to show up, you join in, and you be you. You show up, you join in, you be you. Now, I get that not everybody in here will be a small group host, and that's okay. But here's what I want to do. We don't get a lot of time on Sunday because a lot of things are happening. A lot of new people, we're preaching the gospel. That's our heart and soul on Sunday is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven, okay? I, I want to take tonight to share with you this passion and burden so you can share it with others because amazing things happen in small groups. Community happens in small groups. Ministry happens in small groups. Worship happens in small groups. Discipleship happens in small groups. Evangelism happens in small groups. In fact, I'd submit this idea to you that small groups are the only template and the only platform that all five of the purposes of our life in Christ can be fulfilled. There are things that you, you can't fellowship in rows. In fact, usually you're just like, move over. But you can fellowship in circles. And we need rows and we need circles. You need rows in your life and you need circles in your life. And a circle can be face-to-face, one-on-one. It can be two people. Where there's two or three that are gathered together, he's there in the midst. So two or 20 He's there. You need circles in your life, and you need rows. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need circles, and you need rows. We need big church, and we need small church. We need big church, and we need small groups. And you don't know this, and you don't realize this, but you have something to share, whether it's your pain, whether it's your gain, whether it's the season. The Bible says this, be instant in season, out of season. That means that you can... In the winter time, in the time of there's, maybe there's a drought in your life, you're in a season of drought, even in the season of drought, God can awaken something and through that pain can minister. Maybe you're in a season of summer or spring. Everything's, woo, you're on top of the world. Share that with somebody. Let somebody know there's a brighter day coming. You have something to share. You have something to give. The greatest thing is you, you share your story. You share what God has done in your life. Life. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Now I'm coming to a close. But we're going to play one more commercial for the actual small group curriculum that we're going to be starting. It's called Starting Point, not to be mistaken with our Starting Point class. This is a Starting Point curriculum. Um, it's by uh, Andy Stanley. It's a conversation about faith, and it's starting the conversation back at the beginning. Where does faith come from? Where does all this start? Going back to some, some guy named Abraham. And it's, can, has anybody, you guys, can, David, can you just stand up and just say how much you like it? Is it amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> no pressure. All right. He's up. He goes, ah, it's okay. No, <laughs> you're out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Someone you know needs that. Someone you know needs to hear this. I'm telling you. I needed to hear it. It was a powerful reminder 
of where this all started and how it all started. And I'm telling you, it's going to be something amazing for this church. I want to challenge everyone in this room as we come to an end. I want to challenge everybody in this room. Open your heart to being a host. If you sign up tonight to be a host, here's what's going to happen. Number one, when you go out these doors, there's going to be a little stanchion. Well, first off, if you're not going to be a host, you have to climb over the stanchion because we're not letting you out. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, kind of, but you have to slip by. You're going to go into the cafe. There's a table. We're going to get your information. You can have a, a group that's open for the church. Everyone can be a part of it. Anyone can be a part of it. You choose the night that you want, the max number of people. Do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? Uh, are kids allowed? Those are some of the questions. And then, and then you, we take your picture really quickly. And, and, and it's, it's very simple. This is one of the most simple tools that you're ever going to see or use, even if it's just for you and your family, even if it's just for you dads, even if it's just for you sitting around with your family and talking about God in the living room or the kitchen, this is going to be a win. Even if it's just you going to your workplace and saying, guys, lunch is on me. I want 30 minutes just to, sh I want to show you this. I want to watch this with you. I got pizza for everybody. Come on. No. Little Caesars. <laughs> we don't roll like that. Donna. Donna rolls like that. <laughs> Fresh. Anyways. All right. My. She went all round table on us. How do you, where do you go from there? All right. So why don't we stand? Let's put Galatians up real quick. Galatians. Galatians 6 and 2. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. How do we do this? How do we obey the law of Christ by sharing each other's burdens. That only happens in small community, small groups. I got to know you. I got to love you. I got to know your name. I need to miss you when you're not here. And that can't happen unless you're in a small group. Come on, is anybody excited about this semester coming up? Yeah. So... Here's the thin slice. There's 78 people, I'm guessing, tonight here. Um, 600 people on Sunday. So you are a fraction of this church's population, okay? So we need you to get this in you. And we need to get it contagious. It needs to, you, you got to talk it up. So I'm asking two things. First, if you're here tonight and your heart is open to the possibility of saying, I'll be a host. Would you just raise your hand? Come on, that's awesome. Wow, that's incredible. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, if you did not raise your hand, you'll have to go out this way. No, I'm just kidding. If you did not raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. This is, I'm, I'm, I mean this. I want you to promise to get into a group and talk it up and get people excited 
and encourage your sphere of people, you got to get in a group. You got to get in a group. You got to get in a group. How many will do that? All the other hands. All the other hands. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's do this. Can we lift our hands together? Can we lift our hearts together? Heavenly Father, we honor you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the wonderful people that are here tonight. I, I, I thank you, Lord, for vision and, and the communities that you're going to begin to birth and begin. And they're going to have a starting point and the conversations that are going to be had and the conversations that are going to continue from this curriculum. Lord, the hearts that are going to be open from this curriculum, the people that are going to discover the, the wonder of Christ, the wonder of our Savior and Lord and God. We, we pray, Lord, that this will open an avenue it will open a door and God we're going to give you all the honor we're going to step out in faith we're going to be bodacious we're going to step out outside of ourselves, ordinary people doing extraordinary things because we step out by faith and trust you we're stepping out of the boat and onto the water out into the unknown trusting our God to keep us we give you all the honor and all the praise everybody say amen praise God one more time let's just let's just honor God with a hand clap for more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.